Hi, welcome to the Love and Serve podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and I am super excited to share with you. This podcast is all about loving where you've come from, loving where you are, and loving where you are going. I am honored to be on the journey of self-love with you together. Let's dive in. When your brain is balanced, your overall daily performance improves. You can have better mood, less procrastination, and less anxiety. Eating healthy, exercise, and proper rest contribute to a healthy brain. But we don't live in a perfect world every day, and some days we need a little extra support. My friends over at GNAPS have solved this problem and created a breakthrough formula that works. And I'm also super happy that it saved me a ton of money. Before, I was buying five different products to get the same results as I get now. But what I love most about it is that they didn't add caffeine and stimulants that cause negative effects. Instead, they used high-quality active vitamins like B12 and folate and one of my favorite brain aminos like 5-HTP that helps me to sleep better and control my appetite. I enjoy drinking my coffee in the morning, and when I take my G-Mood, I don't have the coffee jitters like I normally have. Instead, I'm calm and focused and super productive. So all my friends out there listening, you can get a special discount if you head on over to gnaps.com. That's G-N-A-P-S-E.com. At checkout, use LOVE20, that's L-O-V-E, 20, and get 20% off plus free shipping and handling on your order. Hello, this is Christy Dryling, and I am your host of Love and Serve podcast, and I am so excited to be sharing this beautiful space with you, no matter where you are in the world, what you do, or what you believe in. We like to create a community of like-minded, loving, kind, and compassionate individuals who come together to serve the planet in a great way. And so every time I meet fantastic souls that are really impacting the world one soul at a time, I just can't help but get to know them and then bring them on the show. Thankfully, uh, we get to spend the next 45 plus minutes with this beautiful, incredible human, Ryan Jen. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here, Christy. Thanks for inviting and me. I'm, yeah, no, it's super exciting. And I want to share with everyone just a little bit about you before we jump in and dive into some interesting and fun and dynamic conversation. But he, Ryan, is a professional counselor who provides a compassionate and encouraging space for individuals and couples to meet their life. In a more empowered and functional way, he works with clients in dynamic style based on his extensive training in mindfulness and psychobiologically based therapies. He's trained in psychobiological couple therapy. So excuse me for just chopping that up, but uh, I have to say that I'm really excited to have you here because I've I've had some uh, personal uh, instruction from your incredible wisdom and and your 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 mindfulness and your, your great therapy counseling. And so it was really impactful. And I thought, you know what, I know there's so many souls that listen to our podcast that are going to be inspired by you, Ryan. So thank you for being here and taking time out of your day of helping people to be with us to help even more people on a broader scale. Hey, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk just, Ryan, let's dig in just a little bit about, you know, what brought you to this place of, touching lives and wanting to work with couples and, um, you know, practicing therapy? Well, we could do the long version, the short version. We'll do something in between, I guess. Um, I would say uh, the, the, initial, the initial step was confronting my own uh, kind of depression and uh, anxiety in my early 20s, just near debilitating. 
And uh, my my the the first relief for that was was Buddhism was meditation, and went whole hog into that. I just found it to be what met me in that time, you know, and uh, stayed with that all through my twenties. I mean, I, I still practice uh, religiously, so to speak, and um, and at some point, you know, it, it become kind of became clear like that that you know doing counseling and and uh just working with people in in those spaces that i'm actually really acquainted with you know like places of of uh depression anxiety despair sort of like uh how do i navigate this life i'm kind of lost um it just seemed like the 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 logical station for me in life um Took a bit, but you know, started doing trainings, various forms, and eventually went to grad school, and and just found it mostly very rewarding. You know, took a bit of time to kind of zero in on like what population most most brought me alive, or I felt a, a best use, and uh, th- that that became couples therapy. I found that it's just so dynamic. And well, take a step back about five years ago, uh, I read this book by Stan Tatkin called Wired for Love. It was part of my grad grad school curriculum and and it changed my marriage, just reading it. I thought we were doing well, you know, we, you know, pretty, pretty good relationship, but it, but it provided a whole reframe or it kind of leveled it up. And then I, immediately you know signed up for his trainings and have been training with him ever since um now you know i assist um his his uh his his trainings online and uh yeah so that's maybe i should just kind of insert like why it what what about it really really struck me you know that reading reading his book um i would say it was it was the the clarity around what it actually takes to create a a truly viable, like long-term committed partnership and what we're up against in terms of our neurobiology that we have patterns in us just as humans that want to avoid, you know, dealing, doing the hard stuff. Um, We have patterns in us that, you know, in our brains literally that want to, that see the other as the, as the problem. And we have patterns in us that, um, that, basically um, choose the, the short-term relief versus like long-term strength, you know, nourishment over the long-term. And I just started employing those, those principles in my marriage and just started to watch it really, really shift towards the better. I was like, I got to do this. I got to share this. I mean, people don't know about this. People are flying blind in relationships. So yeah. I think that's a book title for you, Flying Blind. Um, yeah, because it's true, like in relationships in general, nobody gave us a manual or a blueprint of how to navigate it. And now we live in this world where we see 
these relationships, whether it be with your partner or with your friends on social media and everyone's happy and they're having a drink and they're like, um, but nobody gets to see the, the, the tears behind the scene and the work and the hard and the struggle. So everyone starts to think, well, there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Right. And so I really love your vulnerability, um, in just sharing, Number one, a little bit about your story and how you 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 also suffered some depression and some you struggled with that. And instead of be, being a victim of the depression, you decided to do something about it and you found an avenue and a vehicle that could facilitate growth for you and also in your marriage um, with your partner. And so I I wrote the book down and I will be getting it because I am a student and I'm always loving to grow. So I did. Uh, rec- I get the book you recommended also last time. So um, I'm always wanting to improve. And that is, I think I was listening to this story about this man who, you know, come from a very successful family. Um, and, but he just had these suicidal thoughts and these depression, just depressive thoughts all the time. And he thought something was really wrong with him. Um, but his father wound up getting um, him into, I don't know, some Harvard, um, like, uh, he got him into Harvard and he, he went and toured this, uh, th- th- I guess the psychology department or whatnot. And when he was there, he noticed that he didn't feel much different than the people that were in, you know, that they were studying and, and, and the people that were being, um, that were struggling. And so he just decided what he was going to do through, you know, a series of, I don't know, I don't know what made him come to this conclusion, but he decided for one year, he was going to take 100% responsibility for everything that happened to him in his life. And if at that point he still felt horrible, (laughs) then he would decide to take his life. And so after one year he actually decided he he his whole life completely changed he didn't blame anybody for anything he took 100% responsibility and he wound up being um uh one of the world's most leading uh philosophers and and therapist i, I don't know if you remember who this is i can't remember his name but um it was really inspiring to me to think wow what you know what if we all just took 100% responsibility for absolutely everything that comes out of our mouths and everything that happens to us then what Right. It's a very simple and powerful move. Right. Doesn't make it easy. (laughs) No, no. Right. Right. Yeah. And and ultimately, right. That's, that's our in relationship. That's, that's a huge, a huge practice to take on, right. Taking, taking responsibility. Like maybe they're behaving in that way because of, of, of something I'm doing. Maybe they're not just kind of unilaterally being cold or distant or frustrated or disappointed or whatever they're experiencing, right? We, we want to kind of just naturally want to go into, well, that's, that's them, I, you know, over here, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And it, It's so interesting with permission from my partner, I'm going to share, uh, you know, something that we, we both navigated through even this last, this last weekend, we both not had much sleep and it, we had had like five hours of sleep. And so we woke up and eat and, and we were both exhausted. We had to get to another event. We were speaking at this event. And, um, so we just had a lot on our plate, a lot of, you know, we are also hosting a beautiful guest of ours. And so there's just a lot going on. And, uh, 
we woke up and he had said something right away. And immediately I knew what he was presenting create, I, I kind of felt this, this like anxiousness within me. And I was like, Oh no, I don't want to talk about this right now. Cause I'm not in the best place. I'm more in a reactive state than I am responsive state. So I said, babe, can you just give me a minute? Let's, uh, let's just, can we talk about this in a little bit? I just need some time to think about it. And long story short, um, he took me just needing time as ignoring it, which was something that bothered him is if anybody ignores such something. And for me, it was just a pattern of my past. If I reacted right away, it would cause problems and I just didn't want to cross problems. So I just decided, let me think about it. So we had this, you know, we had to go through this whole understanding, right? Just trying to understand, okay, where are you coming from? Like, oh, you, you know, this is your pattern and this is my pattern. And can we seek to understand each other? And so it's so interesting how I, I really look at the work that a relationship requires. And most people just don't know how to, to communicate or to seek to understand one another. Um, and so when you're working with couples, what would you say like is the number one, or maybe there's top three issues that couples face um, in regards to communication, like what do, are there three things that they ignore? They just don't understand. Is there something similar across the board that happens for all couples that may cause more con conflict conflict in their relationships? Yes, I'll, I'll break. I'll even break it down just because I'm real these days. I'm a real fan of just simplicity because people can only hold, especially when they're in a difficulty, they can only hold maybe a couple things. Right. Because our right, our our create, you know, our, our well, our our our, our brains uh, functioning just nosedives. Right. Um, so I would say the first the first the first phrase that I've been just encouraging people to just have kind of, you know, just echoing in their mind when they're in in the in in it really honestly, you know, any any interaction with their partner or arguably any, anyone they're close with is uh, slow down. I, you know, I, I'm a neurobiological couples therapist. So right, there's a, there's this, this neurobiological sort of correlate to this, right? So when we cue our brain, when we cue our system to slow down, to invite ourselves to just slow down, uh, we, we activate a different part of our brain, which can actually step out of what it normally, where it normally is, which is, I know what's happening right? The built-in kind of hubris of, of the, of the human brain, like our brains literally on the spot, make up a story about what's happening. Like they, they're upset with me because I am never doing enough for them. And I never will. I don't know, whatever, like people just, it's, it's, it's usually a story from childhood. And so our brains make, make up something right, right on the spot. So the cue of like slowing down is, is, a, is a way to signal like to yourself what, what's actually happening here, right? To bring some curiosity, to bring uh, an ability to actually see the other in the moment, right? Really see them, not your story of them, but like w them. So there's, there's a lot there. I mean, I could go off for a while around that, but it's just something initially to play with, right? Because we're moving so quickly, maybe especially in this day and age in our interactions. And we're not checking, we're not checking our assumptions. We're not, 
we're, we're not checking our stories and uh, that gets us, get, gets us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Um, beings that I am a storyteller and, you know, I write books and such. I've recognized um, I'm really great at creating really big stories. And then mm-hmm. the delusions and the illusions and all the emotions that come with that, it just, it's like you get on this trail and it, go, it goes incredible. It's like, it goes onto so many unbelievable trails. And I'm like, how did my brain come up with that? Like I should really work for Disney or something. Like I could be like, or maybe sometimes it's Disney, but sometimes it's who makes all the horror films. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Right. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a, right. It's the, it's the beauty of the, of the human brain mind, right. That the imagine, the imagination, I mean, that they can just make up stories and, and there's no end to it. It's wonderful. And if it's being driven by a certain kind of fear or vulnerability in a, in a moment, it's going to be colored, right? There's a phrase in neurobiology, state drives perception, right? So if you're in a state of fear, you're in a state of insecurity. You're going to perceive the situation. You're going to be, you know, you're, you know, you're going to see certain things. Certain things are going to stand out to you based on that state, and then you're going to make up a story based on that state. It's just, it's, it's unconscious. It's, it's immediate. You have very little control over it, but you do have some. And over time, you can have more and more based on a some some sort of practice like cueing yourself to slow down. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. That's mindfulness, right? Okay, take a breath. What's actually happening here? I'm seeing them look at me. Their eyes are squinting and they're, you know, they've got their arms folded and I'm making up the story that they're really upset and that I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, that changes even, things. Even when people like yawn, right? We ha- we make up stories with that, right? Right. Yeah. But- like it's I was functional. in the audience. Yeah, I was in the audience because I was speaking at this event and there was someone on stage and I was just really tired, right? Like five hours of sleep and it was the end of the day and there's a lot of, you know, just my brain was overpowered and I started, yawn- I yawned and the, and the speaker saw me and then in my brain, I'm like, oh no, like being a speaker, I have to know when someone's yawning, you know, I have a story about that and I'm like, oh, I hope they don't think that I'm bored, you know? Um, so then- then I think there's other, another belief about yawning that your just brain is really working hard. And so I don't know, whatever, (laughs) but you know, it's, isn't it interesting that we do create, you know, we create stories all the time to protect ourselves. Let me ask you this. I, you know, had a pretty, as you know, um, I had a pretty, you know, challenging upbringing, which truly was a gift because it gave me hunger and it gave me drive and it gave me all the things to have fire in my belly to create a different life. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, But, you know, for the majority of my life, I really looked at the glass half full, like really, I was always just like, just assuming the best, creating a vision for the future, living, you know, is like just always poly, you know, positive poly, just completely positive poly. And then, you know, I went through a really deep, dark night of the soul and, you know, that was pretty traumatic for myself. And, um, and then I, 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 I went the opposite direction where I was just living in fear of the past and worried about tomorrow. And I recognized, wow, 
like now I really have empathy for what most people feel on a daily basis, because I remember being kind of tough in my love with people when they would come to me and tell me I'm going through this or going through that. I'm like, Oh, suck it up. You'll be fine. Put your big girl panties on. It'll be okay. Um, but I wonder how much of us just ignore the things that have happened to us or happened to us. And we don't, we don't create space to deal with it. Um, and then it just comes up all at once. Right. And we have to deal with it at some point in our life. Do you find that to be something that's common, um, where it just all comes out at once because we suppressed it and we ignored it most of our life and we didn't deal with it? Or do you think that maybe we're just trying to get attention for ourselves, not necessarily from others, but maybe we just want attention. We want to give ourselves attention for the first time. Like, you know, what's the psychological side of that? Like, I don't know. I'm just curious to learn here, like what your opinion is on that. I, I think, I mean, my humble opinion, I mean, I'm, I'm learning here right along with you, um, is that, is that we human animals are, uh, are naturally kind of a, a avoidant with not right. I say naturally because there, there, there are things that, that, fe- that, that feel overwhelming. Like there's no, there's no answer to them, right? There, there are experiences that we don't, we don't know if we, if we turned and faced them, whether we could actually um, move through them, heal them, uh, inc- incorporate them into our into our life in a healthy way, so we we avoid them naturally. And maybe I'm I'm here to say, maybe in, in you are too, in a, in a way, right? I, um, to advocate towards the the power of non avoidance, right? To turn towards that which is painful in us and, um, uh, that we feel fear around, um, with help, right. Whatever that looks like, you know, it's different for different people, but, uh, it could be just starting a five minute morning meditation practice where you just sit with this part of you that just feels pain and fear and you just sit with it compassionately with your hand on it. That could be a start, right? Well, that sounds so beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's sweet, right? We could do that. We can do that for ourselves, as, you know, especially as we get older. We have this ability to self-regulate, right? To to hold our pain, our fear, and um, be the parent for it that maybe we didn't get, you know, that, that unconditional loving, um, I got all the time in the world for you, sweetie, kind of presence, right? <laughs> that I don't, you know, most of us didn't get like 100% of the time, right? So there's parts of us that still long for that. And right. So I'm an advocate for that non-avoid that compassionate non-avoidance. If that somewhat, you know, answers your question. I mean, you had another part of your question around like, does it all come up at once? And maybe I could just tie that into like couples work and that in, in the sense that that's the uh, context for it to often come up all at once. Right. <laughs> Cause there's a thing that happens, you know, six months to a year or so into a relationship where you start unconsciously looking at your partner as your primary attachment figure. And, you know, you, you project all of your unresolved, you know, injuries onto them. And that's, that's a lot to deal with and you can't help it. There's no off switch for that really. I mean, there's different off switches people try and use, but they don't really work and they still start to undermine, like whether that's alcohol or 
avoidance or, you know, I don't know, adrenalized sports, whatever, you know, people have different ways of kind of not dealing or not turning towards the relationship and really looking at like what's happening here because it's so vulnerable and scary. So, um, wow. I'm like, it's hitting every note for me listening to you. And, and I know our listeners as well. I think some of people probably listening have some, at some point really experienced a lot of shame for feeling like they're going backwards or whatnot. Mm. And, um, I remember last October, not this October, but the October before that, I was really just, I was in Maui and I was in the shower and was quarantined for 14 days. So I was really doing a lot of inner work and I was listening to Ram Dass in the shower and he shared a story about how, you know, he was in India with his guru and he was supposed to go to this little private cottage and he, he wanted to just go there and all these people just started showing up and he didn't want anybody to, to show up. He was like angry, like people were coming and they wanted to be with him and he's mad. And he's like, I don't like people right now. I don't want to be with people. And he, then he started shaming himself for these thoughts because how dare you, you're Ramdas and people are coming to see you. And, and then his mentor said to him, don't forget that you're human. Don't forget to be human. It's okay that you have these thoughts and these feelings. And, and, you know, like you said, it's like honoring that little inner wounded child that was maybe abandoned or not paid attention to or whatever it might be for all of us, right? It's like, Whatever it was, it's perfectly perfect and you are perfect and you're worthy of love. And and um, I recognized the only way for me to really get love and connection and to keep people at peace in my upbringing was to be achieving all the time. So if I was trying to go for the next Miss Kansas whatever, or, you know, teen magazine, this or that, like all my family was like, oh my God, they felt alive and people stopped fighting. And so all I knew was to bring joy and happiness and love was to actually be achieving all the time and doing what everybody else was afraid to do. So I client, you know, I kept doing that most of my life and how many, you know, degrees can I get or how many things can I do that people are like, oh my gosh, like, aren't you amazing? You know, you are just, I want to be like you, whatever. It's like, oh, cool. And I recognized that was my way of love and connection, which was a very extrinsic way of receiving love and connection because I was looking for it on the outside, right? Something on the outside to feel something that was lacking on the inside, which truly was me, which has been me lacking love for myself. Me literally saying, girl, you're good enough. Doesn't mean you stop growing. Doesn't mean there's not going to be work because you desire growth. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard, but you're worthy of love. You're worthy of giving love. You're worthy of receiving love. And I just never realized so much of my lack of love for myself was because I didn't think I was worthy of it. You know, I thought everybody else was worthy of it. It's like, well, they're worthy of it. I'll give them my love. So how many people do you think that you deal with on a daily basis? You feel like this is like kind of a epidemic of lack of worthiness of loving themselves? Surely. 
a lot. I mean, we live in a culture, most of us, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about, that has pretty unrealistic uh, portrayals of, of what life looks like, you know, in terms of, like, you're, like you were saying earlier about, you know, social media and, and you know, couples that, you know, where, where in the, 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 the pictures are generally you know, like bent towards the right uh, naturally towards the positive towards you know, we're so happy and, you know, what's lost in that is right. All of the myriad different painful arguments or process, you know, the pain, I guess, right. There's a lot of pain in the human condition. And, um, I think, I think we do, I think we do a disservice by not really acknowledging that that reality, and then people then, when they are experiencing pain, kind of like what you you were describing, um, they they then think there's something wrong with them, like they've done something wrong, like they've done something wrong, or not they haven't done something. Maybe they haven't done enough. Maybe maybe they. The, the, the challenge, right, is, then is to, is to recognize that we actually, like it's normal to have pain, to have deep insecurities, um, to not have a lot of answers, like all this, all this human stuff that I think we get a lot of messaging that says we, 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 that we should know or we should feel secure all the time and confident all the time or whatever different stories, uh, beliefs, expectations, shoulds people have. Um, and so, yes, that, and that all leads to a kind of a, a sense of, a sense of unworthiness, right? Because we're not culturally, we're not hanging out together in, in a, in a, I would, I would say, I mean, from what I see generally, we're not hanging out with each other in a really vulnerable, honest way of like, this is what's going, you know, in maybe small group. I'm not saying publicly, but like even in small groups, like this is the challenges I'm facing in my, in my relationship, or these are the stories I tell myself sometimes and they're really horrible. Or some days I'm just so depressed. I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, I know I may look like I'm got it all together, but actually like we're not having a lot of those conversations. So then everybody independently is saying, well, they look great. They look great. And never, you know, and um, that, that, that creates a certain kind of um, suffering kind of meant, you know, that creates mental health epidemics too. Right. Because I think we, as humans are, are, are really need to be sitting together, honestly, you know, in our pains and our questions and have company in that. One thing I really loved about, and I love about working with you and actually a friend of mine said the same thing because she's worked with you as well. Um, is how safe you make people feel like number one, I love that you've done the work with, um, you know, Zen Buddhism and meditation. And so you have the, the gift of being able to use your wisdom from the intellect and the mind, but then you're really centered in the heart and like never, sometimes I think in therapy, people feel like, they're not really heard or they're not really seen, or maybe, um, it feels a bit judge judgmentive mm -hmm, energetically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but you just have this really amazing way of making everyone feel like 
what you're saying is important and what you say matters. And also one thing my partner and I really learned from you is you've, you've taught us how to recognize what your partner needs in communication styles. Like we may say something and it's like, that's not working with your partner. And you have this ability to be like, okay, let's try something else. Maybe there's a different way to, to receive this for Christy to receive this or Gonzalo to receive this. And that has been really powerful for us. It's a really true gift that you have. It's good. It's good to hear. And and that actually brings me back to, um, because I had uh, two things, uh, you know, there was a slowing down and the, and the other is, um, what you're kind of, what you're alluding to in partnership, which is, and thank you for the compliment around how, you know, that's a nice reflection. That's my aim. My aim in, in, in the work I do is help people feel safe and seen. So the second thing is paying attention to your partner's facial bodily messaging, right? A lot, like most couples really get into a lot of trouble when they continue to try and talk and explain and, and get their point across. And the other is visibly like not open, right? That, and, and there's this idea, I think it's, you know, being, being maybe in an over hyper intellectual culture where it's almost a compulsion to get your point across. And the more you talk when the person is, is shutting, is shutting down or not open is you're, it's like you're, you're, you're digging, you're, you're digging a hole for yourself, right? It's like, um, and that's what I, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a pretty simple thing, but a lot of what I'm, you know, doing coaching couples is, is having them become aware of like turning on that, that part of the brain that's actually like, asking the question, like, how do I look at this? How, how do I speak? And how do I interact in the moment right now? So as to help the other feel safer, more open, more seen. And people aren't asking themselves that question when they're talking, unfor- unfortunately. And so then it escalates because, because on a primary level with our primary attachment person, right, our primary partner, we are, we are expecting, we are, we're just so wanting to be to be seen you know and if we're just being most of us have a lot of wounding around being talked at and told what what we feel or what we're thinking or you know um and it just doesn't work you know it's not malintentioned it just it really doesn't work um yeah so that's the second one is to pay attention to your partner's face (laughs) talk to the face talk this is, this is from Stan's work, you know, it's like, you know, we just don't, we don't, we don't look at the face all the time. We don't slow down and say like, you know, what's going on in there. And, um, you know, which builds that kind of empathetic muscle in us. That's so important. So when people, okay. So when you're in a relationship with your couple and one person has a tendency, they just want to talk and talk and which is usually not always, but it's usually the woman, but there are a lot of men that way too. So I'm not going to generalize. Um, actually, yeah, I know there's both, there's both, right. There's both women and men who just want to shut down, um, and just like go inwards. And for like, for me, for me, I'm a person that just likes to share it all, like just put it all on the table. Let's just get it all out. And then let's find a solution. 
And when someone doesn't match that, whether it's in business or in friendships or in in um, a relationship, it can be challenging for me because I'm like, if you could just put it out on the table, then we can fix it. <laughs> and then it gets frustrating for me because I'm like, well, we can't fix it if we don't know, if we can't put it on the table and just let everybody see <laughs> like, okay, we can have a solution here. So um the challenge I've learned with myself is, is it's okay. I don't have to fix it. Number one, it's not mine to fix most times. And that's what I'm learning right now. It's like, okay, if this person doesn't want to talk about it, that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with me if I can't fix it. Right. Like it's not my thing if they don't want to fix it. Right. It's up to all of us, right. Though, to be curious about what is this? I mean, we're speaking kind of generally, I mean, but like, what, what is this other, this, this person that you're in a, in a relationship with, whatever working or, uh, you know, romantic, like, what is this other's state of mind in the moment? You know, what, what do they need to feel safe? What do they, what, what, what question, um, you know, we're, we're constantly challenged to actually learn like what, what, what the code is for, for a particular other, like, you know, I don't, people give up pretty quickly sometimes, you know, I notice, or, you know, in terms of, I think everyone, pretty much everyone wants to share what's on their heart. I believe, you know, very well may not be very in touch with that, that longing, but I believe it's true. And, and so then, right there, there, there's the question of what, what, what do I need? What can I do to, um, evoke the heart of the other? What, what, what do I need? You know, how do I want to look at them? How do I want to speak to them? What questions may I ask? And then, right. Then they, then still, they might not be ready to put it all out there as, as you are more readily, you know, sounds like, you know, Chrissy, you're more inclined to do that, but you know, right. People have different pacing and well, it's compassion is, it's, I, I mean, that's just the word I always go back to. It's like, number one it's it's just showing compassion for others. It's showing compassion for myself. It's showing compassion for what is like, if we can just truly show compassion for people in ourselves in times of struggle, like what a different world it would be. Like if I'm able to sit in the heat of the moment and look at my partner or a friend or a business associate and be like, really put myself in their shoes, really feel what it feels like to be them in that moment and then have compassion, then I, then everything changes. And, and now the energy that I'm emitting is not one of, you know, a lower frequency, which might include, um, fear or doubt or worry or whatever it might be, or even anger, which is a bit of a higher frequency. If any of you have ever read Power Versus Force by Dr. David Hawkins, I love his work in regards to energy and and aligning um, with different frequencies. But I think that compassion is a win-win. Love is a win-win. And that is the test. I know for me, every day, it's like the test. Like, oh, something's come up which is usually from my back, from my background, my childhood, right? Or something in my past, it's come up. So instead of being like, oh no, not today, not today, 
not this moment. I was feeling so incredible. I was feeling so alive. I was feeling not today. It's more like great today. Okay. Another one to, to move through compassion, love, understanding, let's heal this baby. And then it's like, I, it's just a different way of dancing with life because life can, it can step on our toes and it can freaking hurt or it can be smooth and beautiful, you know, but I think just accepting that it's always, something's always going to be there. Conflict, division, we're experiencing that now more than ever where people are like, well, you don't believe like me, then you're over here. And if you don't do this, then, then you're over here. And we have more division than we've ever had, which I feel like it's an opportunity for us to rise through it, right? Like in our, if you aren't experiencing some struggles right now, I want to go to the dimension you're on because you've done the work to get into a higher plane. I want to read your books. I want to hang out with you. I want to sit by the campfire. I think the truth is we're all just struggling at times. We're struggling as a, as a society, as the world, as we're moving through this, this transition from fear to faith and love and compassion. I hope I really, I'm an optimist and I'd rather be optimistic about it instead of being like, oh no, the world's going to end. Everything's going to crash. Everything sucks. I don't want to live there. I'd rather live on in Disneyland. So I guess we're choosing, right? We get to choose. We make a choice in our the way we choose to show up. So anyway, I don't know. I just kind of went on a rampage there, Ryan. <laughs> Compassion. Hallelujah. Yes. Changes everything, right? Definitely. Right. I, I fully agree, you know, and, you know, and, you know, I, I can't help but also kind of bring in, you know, there, there's there's the other side, right? There's, yes, there's love and there's faith and there's compassion. And then there's, there's clarity, you know, because I, I also see a lot of folks that are so beautifully committed to, to being loving, being compassionate, being empathetic, being patient, you know, bending and serving and all of that, you know, and then they end up in these relationships wherein that actually doesn't work because they don't know how to be clear about what they want. Um, and it's, it's sad to me uh, because I, these are people I see as, as, as having just the most profound and beautiful intentions. And there's a shadow there to that, to all of that. They developed those, the, they develop those abilities or those, the, those modes of being in part to, you know, to survive, to be of value to their family or, you know, their network of people. Right. And, and there's this shadow around actually, because just play this out, right? If you, if you don't have an ability to be really clear and to say, and to say no, and to say, right, that's not going to work for me. Um, and I need you home by five o'clock because if you're not, our family doesn't work very well. Will that, can you make that happen? These kind of abilities. So I just wanted to kind of like bring that in as well, because, um, it's something I'm seeing more and more because 
a relationship doesn't function unless both parties are really, uh, really clear and able to actually just be, be uh, simple and direct about what they need on their end and what they won't put up with. That is what I'm learning, honestly. It's a big, big one, isn't it? Like, especially, I think maybe women really struggle with this too, because we've learned to be, and I, I've never been a man, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but we've been these nurturers and these caretakers and we've been self-sacrificial and we've been, you know, like when you've got little ones, you know, outside your bathroom door, you know, or, you know, right next to the tub when you're in the bath, it, it you know, it's, uh, you know, it's always a bit of a challenge, right? So um, anyway, so Ryan, how can people get in touch with you? We have so many listeners right now who maybe they just need a little guidance in regards to their relationship or do you also do private, like personal coaching for people that are um, maybe individual coaching, um, not just relationship? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, depending depending upon whether I have room or not. But yeah, no, whether it's a good fit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So people can get in touch with me th- through my website mainly, ryangin.com. That's G-I-N-N. And you can sign up for my newsletter and all that good stuff. And Ryan Ginn Coaching on Facebook. Um, yeah, I've got men's groups too that I'm, that I'm offering for that are really targeted toward male leaders that are looking to really up their relational competency. Um, because again, like you said, at the onset, like we just don't get that course. Right. So we're epic. Group, I love it. When does that start, Ryan? Um, looking like I have another, um, therapist that, uh, that's, um, co-creating that with me, uh, should be in the spring. It'll be on, on the website and are you on Instagram too? So you're on Instagram and the socials, social. I I am. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could put it in the show notes. I don't have that offhand. Yeah. We'll, we'll find it guys. Literally. If you feel like you need a boost up, check out Ryan. I, again, I pronounced his last name wrong in the beginning of this. Sorry about that, Ryan. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for showing up in the world. Thank you for committing your time, your energy, your love, your compassion to helping um, all of us uh, to do better in the world. We are better together and we were better. We are better now because of your time with us today. I can't wait to hear all the stories of the people that have been moved and changed because of the reflections you've shared with us. So we appreciate you and have the most beautiful, epic day. Thank you, Christy. Ah, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on the Love and Serve podcast today. What a great joy it was to interview Ryan again, um, psychotherapist, relationship couple expert. Um, he's really helped us in so many ways. Um, even you can even have a really fabulous partnership, but it can go. It can it can be better. It can it can it, we can do better um, if we know better. And so uh, I really have to encourage all of you or any of you to check out his website at ryanginn.com. Um, and, and, uh, you know, if, if, you know, that's what this platform is for, is for us to share, uh, great teachers out there who you may have not been introduced to before and hear inspiring stories that can really help propel your life, um, 
to the levels that you are craving and you deserve and you're worthy of. So thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to share this space with you always. And uh, I can't wait for our next show. So guys, have a great one and we'll connect again soon. All right. Bye, everyone. Imagine the feeling of seeing your dreams manifest in front of your very eyes. Through the power of the law of attraction and intentional daily visualization, your dream life can be made into reality. Visualize video is a powerful tool to take your vision board to the next level. See your life play out in front of you like a movie trailer. Increase the intensity of your meditation or amplify the vibration of your visualization with Visualize Video, a tool to use in your daily routine to help you create the life of your dreams. Let us help you manifest more. With our incredibly insightful questionnaire, we will give you a unique video with affirmations to make your dreams a reality. Get your own Visualize Video today and start manifesting all your desires now. Go to visualizevideo.com. That's visual, V-I-S-U-A-L-E-Y-E-S-video.com and use the code LOVE20, that's L-O-V-E-2-0 for 20% off. Thank you so much for listening to Love and Serve Podcasts. It is my sincere hope that the rest of your day is filled with abundance, love, and light. Know that I believe in you and know that when you shine your light, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. You are making an impact. I can't wait to see you on the next episode of Love and Serve. For more information, you can go to thelovegypsy.com and follow us at Christy Dryling Beauty on Instagram.